Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So uh, this is a bit of a meta intro because oh, dear. <laughs> today we're talking about testing. And uh, we have, we've talked about testing in the past, and we've also talked about whether people like my uh, horrible puns. And recently I've been doing about half the episodes with puns, half the episode without puns. We have but an wonder... operating hypothesis here that yeah. more people like the puns than don't like the puns, but I am very aware that there are some people who don't like the puns and they just yeah. they just grit their teeth through them. We've gotten a couple emails <laughs> over the years. If you're <laughs> going to send an email like that, be nice. Uh, although, so I mean, what we've done in the past is we've just decided that our votes are worth more and therefore <laughs> we get to leave puns but i wonder if there's a better way well so if what we were really optimizing for is for people actually enjoying our intros then the perfect solution here would be not to pun or not to pun because in either case we know that there's people who are going to be upset but instead is there some way and this is not actually technically feasible but just you know hang with me here for the sake of example what if there were some way that the people who liked the puns, we could figure out who they were, and then they get the one with mm. the puns. People who don't like the puns, they just get the plain vanilla intro. And then overall, everyone would be just as happy or maybe happier than they are right now, just from a little bit of customization. So we can't do that. So you're not getting a pun this week. You are listening to Linear Digressions. That was not a punny intro. Um, also, we are in in our exploration of that idea. We're ignoring the fact that people have fluctuation in their moods, and so some people might just not be in the mood for a pun, even though they're normally punny. Well, we can actually come back to that. But the general idea that we're going to be talking about today is the idea of heterogeneous treatment effects, um, and okay. this is a refinement on our good. Good old standby experimental framework of A-B testing, which we have talked about on here before and is probably Indeed. very familiar to many of our listeners. But if you haven't heard of it before, A-B testing is roughly the idea that if you're trying to tell uh, what the impact of a certain treatment is, where treatment here can mean anything from sending someone an email to try to get them to click on a link somewhere to giving them medicine for a medical condition they have and sort of everything in between in order to understand what the causal impact of that treatment was you need to do a basically a randomized control trial you need to randomly give part of your population the treatment and part of your population what we call a control or no treatment or some other treatment and it's through that randomization that you can actually tell what the impact of the treatment was if you don't do that, then even though you might see differences in how people behave across the different groups, it's really hard for you to know if it's because of the treatment that you gave them or if it's because of some other some other attribute of the person or the situation or whatever. So that mm. randomization is really, really important for knowing overall what's the most effective thing to be doing in a certain situation. Right. So in an A-B experiment, you randomize people into two buckets and you see which bucket overall uh, works better. But we're talking about not just a simple A-B test where you optimize for the maximum. 
uh, or, or the, the majority of people and their preference. So how do you, like, how, how do you, how do you um, stratify these people? Yeah. So first, a little bit of credit where credit's due. So I was inspired to speak about this by a few really excellent blog posts that have come out recently. Um, one from Locally Optimistic, Michael Kaminsky over there, really nailed this one. Also, the Uber Engineering blog and the Stitch Fix Data Science blog. So in Uber and Stitch Fix's case, they're both trying to uh, think about potentially experimenting with different kinds of features or offers or promotions or you know different things that they can that they can offer through their product to their users and to try to understand if their users then are happier with the product, they're more engaged with it, you know, all these things that are good if you're working for a company. And so the general idea, yeah, is that if you're running this as a simple A-B test, then what you will get is what's called the average treatment effect. And this is a statistical term. So treatment effect is the idea of, okay, we've given you a certain treatment. What's the change in your behavior as a result of that or the change in, in the outcome, not necessarily your, your behavior, but what's the change in the outcome because of that treatment. And the average treatment effect is what it sounds like. Um, if you were to average that over an entire population, usually the sample population that you're studying or the sample population, but then you try to extrapolate it to a bigger population that's more general. Yeah. What's happening on average. And the thing that's not great about this is kind of what we went over in the intro is that you're likely getting the majority right, but there may be lots and lots of folks who would respond more favorably to not the group winner. Mm -hmm. And if you could figure out who those folks are and you could give them a different treatment, then overall you might have more or better outcomes. Okay. So I guess to paint maybe a clearer picture with some examples, let's say that you've got your control. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess in this case, let's say the control is no puns, and then you've got the treatment, which is puns. So we either add the puns to the beginning or we don't. If half of the people who get puns like the puns and half of the people dislike the puns and they like or dislike it the same amount, you might actually see no change in the average. And so you might think, oh, people are completely indifferent to whether or not there are puns there. Uh, and that would be completely wrong that, you know, maybe you have absolutely no one who's indifferent. People either love them or hate them. Or maybe another example would be, let's say that uh, most people kind of like my puns. Like they, they like them. They don't love them, but they like them. Let's say that, you know, two thirds of the people like my puns. And one third of the people absolutely hate my puns, like to the point that they stop listening. Then depending on your weighting, you might actually think that the puns are a net negative because uh, they are on average. But the reality is that most people, more than half of the people actually like it. And a third of them just hate it so much that they pull down, they drag down the average. And then the question is, you know, do you, do you cater to the haters or, <laughs> or not? <laughs> Well, so yeah, so you've captured it pretty nicely. So the technical term for this is heterogeneous treatment effects. 
Yes. Oh, right. That's that that long term that you said at the beginning that I didn't really understand. <laughs> yeah. So I, the okay. idea is that now, instead of chasing the average treatment effect, which is, you know, if we were to average over everybody, how do they feel about puns? And like you said, that really depends on how many people feel how strongly that can be, you know, pretty complicated to draw conclusions about. Instead of trying to chase that around, what we're going to say is that you know, maybe there are certain groups of people who like the puns, certain groups of people who don't. So that's a, a heterogeneity. That's a, that's a difference within the different subgroups. And we can even take this all the way to the individual level. There might be individual people who like the puns. There might be individual people who don't. I guess since we, since you mentioned it, we could even take it a step further and we could say there are certain people who on certain days... I don't know mm. if this sounds really hard to predict, but certain people who on certain days Weekdays, like the puns, they, they don't like <laughs> the puns. Yeah. And so what we're doing here is we're building in more and more context awareness about either the people themselves, maybe other bits of information that are relevant for some reason to answering the question of whether they're going to like the puns or not. And again, podcasting is not a great example here because we can't really change the podcast the episodes that you all get. But if we were running a website or we were trying to we we could prescribe. make two feeds, but we would oh. we would need the population to to separate themselves into pun groups and numbers. Oh yeah, and we and that would break all the randomization. Um Yeah. Anyway, and we would have but to like, have some way of people that... telling us if they liked the puns or not, which sounds yeah. hard to collect data on. But let's imagine that we were doing something like running a website or we had yeah. a bunch of people participating in our drug trial. And so they were coming in every week and showing us the very detailed notes they'd taken and we can take a bunch of measurements, whatever it is that we're interested in. Then in those cases, we could actually potentially come up with different treatments for each person uh, on an individual level if, if we have the data for it and say, what's the optimal treatment for you? for you in particular, and that can be different for everyone. That's interesting. So so basically there are two components here. We're talking about the first one. The second component is actually giving them the, the different treatment. In our situation, it means actually making a different audio file and all of that stuff, which, which overcomplicates the example. But if we just assume that that personalized media in this example is possible or the personalized treatment is possible really what we're talking about is trying to figure out who responds best to treatment a versus treatment b or versus uh, a versus v versus c versus d and what are the different things that are going to be predicting that as well so that's one of the things that actually makes this pretty hard is you have to try to make some make some educated conclusions about what are the things that really distinguish whether you are going to respond to a certain treatment in a certain way. So to take a simple example, let's say it's, let's take the drug trial example. You're trying to come up with different medicine doses for different patients. Maybe one of the, uh, one of the things that you have to take into account is the weight of the, of the patient that people who weigh more need to get bigger doses, or uh, there might be patients who have drug allergies. So that's an extreme example of, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you do the allergy testing to. and then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so oh, interesting. And, okay. This is making uh-huh. more sense to me now. Yeah. And so then that, and so how you do this though, is actually 
it requires a lot more infrastructure. That's what the locally optimistic blog post really focuses on is the Mm. extra complexity that it takes to collect all of this data and to process it in a statistically sound way. And then the Uber blog post is about the way that they actually stratify their their sample into different uh, subgroups based on the outcome of interest. This is called a quantile regression, and that is a topic for another day, sort of all of the, the details of how that works, but it's um, kind of a specialized type of regression that you can run. And then the Stitch Fix blog post is about contextual bandits. So it's been a while, but we talked about multi-arm bandits as oh, yeah. uh, an algorithm that you use. Usually hear about it in a reinforcement learning context, but the idea is sometimes you're experimenting and sometimes you're uh, assigning people to what's sort of your current winner in terms of treatments that they can receive. And so a multi-arm bandit is a an algorithm for switching off between that explore and exploit. A contextual bandit is an algorithm like that, but it also takes into account information about the individual who's receiving the treatment. And in particular, contextual bandits are designed to also, they're able to change their mind through time. So maybe oh. maybe there's a person who used to really love the puns, but now they're sick of them and they think they're stupid. Eventually, a contextual bandit would be able to pick up on that and, and change his mind. So that's something that's kind of interesting about it. So there's a lot of different a lot of different approaches that different organizations have taken. But the general theme of it is that if you're doing A-B testing, then you should maybe be thinking a little bit about if there are heterogeneous treatment effects that you should be considering and that there it's not particularly easy to do from a statistical standpoint. But like we said, overall, the result can be better than if you just try to do the one-size-fits-all approach. Okay, so this this is making a lot more sense to me now than it was at the beginning. Because at the beginning, I was thinking, like, how can you know, just using the, the example of the puns, how can you know if someone likes puns if you don't ask them? And so maybe it's not the best example because the answer to that question is not necessarily uh, apparent at first glance. Uh, apparent. But you could just see if someone is a dad and maybe if they're a dad they might like dad jokes more but yeah that makes sense so you can you can like look at your population and see if there are any attributes or any any properties of your of your population that might be somewhat predictive of the thing that you're trying to optimize for and then you can try and and um, split them up in those ways and do your testing on these groups differently and then you can figure out if the properties that you split the groups by could be a predictive factor and therefore get an answer for these two different groups or multiple different groups independently. Does that feel like a decent summary? Yeah, no, I think that's right. You know, it's starting to take the idea that each person might respond to your treatment differently. And, yeah. you know, with computation and data and, you know, statistical and machine learning techniques that we have today the idea of customizing for them individually is now totally something that is possible. It's not always easy, but it's usually at least theoretically possible. I will say that as we're recording this uh, and we're still in the holiday break, 
it's really good that we don't have this data because it's podcasting because this seems like a really fun problem to tackle and it's kind of nice that I can't spend any time on it because there's <laughs> just no way to do it with podcasts. Yes, but if you work in almost any other field, chances are half decent that uh, you know maybe this data is available to you. Um, so again, lineardigressions.com will have links to all of these blog posts that we mentioned here today. They're really good. Check them out. And who knows? Maybe you'll come up with something that allows you to make your your website users or your customers or your patients have even better outcomes than they do right now. And so long as the state of podcasting is as it is, then you will all get puns and you're free, you can feel free to skip them if you want at the beginning. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.